1: I'm a little bit biased, but I think Christians have it the absolute best, especially here in San Diego. You live in the greatest city in the country, greatest city in the country, doing life with the greatest people in the greatest city in the country, at the greatest church, doing life with the best people in the greatest city. The thing that I love most about our church is that the future is secured. The vision that we have for our church, and if you're new here, let me tell you, 16 campuses in one location, but I know for sure, you can quote me, that a time will come, a day will come, where we see 16 campuses fulfilled, and then. this, this, This church will become a church planning movement across the United States. You're in a place where the supernatural wind of the Holy Spirit is pushing, driving. We have mission, we have vision, we have passion. Is anyone passionate in this room? I knew I was in the right place. And the greatest privilege for me and for my wife is to be able to lead, to do ministry, to serve and to build the kingdom of God. We take it humbly. We take it as a great privilege and an honor. So I never want to forsake the opportunity to preach and to pray and to minister to you tonight. So I come to you tonight humbly, but I've got a word from God and I'm ready tonight to deliver it. But before I get into this word, I want to kind of set up what I'm going to be talking about. The title of my message tonight is called The Promise Pioneers. The Promise Pioneers. And what I want to talk about that kind of initiated this message for me tonight was every war movie that you see, right, and there's like a love interest before the war and like the guy goes off to war. There's always this really, really annoying scene that just drives me crazy. Every time I see it, I don't know how many times they've reproduced it, but every time I'm just like, oh, why are you promising her that you're going to come back? Like, what a terrible promise to have to make. And I understand why they're doing it. Like, I'm going off to war. I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. The possibility of me not coming home is very, very real. She's like, come back to me, Jake. I promise. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, there's no way for you to know for sure that you promise." Like, I understand that you're telling her that to relieve her, to comfort her, to bring some sense of security. But in the back of that dude's mind he's like, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know for sure if I'm going to come back, but I'm going to make this promise anyway. And tonight I want to help you see the difference between a promise that man makes and a difference between the promise that God makes. Don't be that guy. Don't make promises you can't make keep. And tonight, my job, my assignment here tonight is to remind you just who it is who has made these promises to you. The Alpha and the Omega, the creator of the universe, the beginning and the end, the God who breathed and it was. That's the God who's making the promises that we're talking about tonight. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. And you know the annoying thing about that, that, that movie scene that I'm talking to you about? His intentions are right. The promise that he's making, his intentions are right, but there's no certainty that he can fulfill it. I'm here tonight to tell you that when God makes a promise, there is certainty that it will come to pass. 100% undeniable, irrefutable fact. (laughs) Promises, though, they require you to step out of the normal, to begin to see differently, to begin to pioneer again. The reason this message is called The Promise Pioneers is because I believe our church is entering into a time where we begin to see the promises of God time and time again come to fruition, come to pass, come to realization. And we begin to take territory in areas that we've never taken territory before. We begin to see things unlocked that we've never seen unlocked before. We begin to see people come into the house of God that we've never seen into the house of God before. We're pioneering into new destinies, into new realms. And the story that I want to land on tonight, I'm going to to list some of the promises of God, but I really want to focus in. It's a very famous story regarding Abraham. Abraham's journey really was a roller coaster of emotions. Like, I feel for the guy. I do. I'm going to explain some of his story. Abraham's problem is very, very apparent, right? Who knows Abraham's problem? You guys grew up in church. Love that. Abraham's problem was that he had no heir. He had no one to succeed him. He had no lineage. He had no no legacy to pass on. So that was his problem or his issue. But God comes to him and meets with him and makes him a promise. God's promise is, is threefold tonight. God's promise is that he would give him an heir or a seed, that he would give him inheritance, land. Come on, anybody buying some houses in San Diego? And a heritage that would pass beyond him the blessing. I want, to, I want to take you through Abraham's little you know, roller coaster of a ride. Because in the book of Hebrews, Abraham is accounted, as given him credit for his faith. He's listed in the Hall of Heroes as someone who had faith. And I'm here tonight to tell you, in order to see the promises of God come true, you have to believe them in your heart that they're legitimate and that the God who made them is legitimate. Tonight, if you were to take a pulse of your relationship, of how you're reviewing God, because this relationship series that we're in, my goal tonight is to help you refocus and redetermine that the promises that God has made you will come to pass in the name of Jesus. So Abraham goes through these many perils. First, he gets to Egypt and has to pretend his wife is his sister. Gentlemen, I do not recommend this. This is not wise. He did what he had to do. He goes into to Egypt under these circumstances. Then he's forced to separate from Lot. Lot was a part of his family and part of fixing the problem, or at least in Abraham's mind, because how many times do we know that God has given us a problem and we try to come up with another reason or another way that God's gonna see it to do? We try to force it ourselves. So Lot was part of his family and could potentially inherit the wealth, the, you know, the inheritance. He gets caught up in a war, tries to bring the promise on his own, Right, sleeps with Hagar has Ishmael, passes off Sarah as his sister again. He did this twice, once in Egypt and once in a city called Gehar. There's conflict between his firstborn son Ishmael and his secondborn son Isaac. He's in asked to sacrifice Isaac, which we all know that story. And then as Sarah dies, Isaac needs a wife from among his his own father's people. So Abraham goes through this kind of like emotional roller coaster of God you promised me something, you promised me a solution to my problem, but until I've seen that why are you causing me to be on the ups and downs of life? Because it's in the process that God brings the promise. It's in the process as he tests how much do you believe what I told you and what I said will come to pass? Wow, Pastor Sterling, it seems like you're just telling me to believe more. Yep. Yeah. Just believe more. And the problem is, is that we live in a world where promises have been made to you. Promises have been made and broken. But I'm here tonight to reassure you, to encourage you, and maybe for the first time, open your eyes that there is a God in heaven because every word that he speaks, you know that in the Hebrew language, there's not even a word for promise. In the Hebrew language, the word for promise is say, said, or word. Every word that God speaks must come to pass, must be, must come to pass. But promises only get their power when you believe them. I believe that we're called to be promise pioneers to see the things that God wants to do in San Diego, push us into realms that we've never seen or ventured into before, amen? But in order to be the ones who see the promises of God, we must be willing to pioneer into new realms of belief. Not the belief you had yesterday, not the belief you have right now, but new realms of belief, brand new levels, The only way to pioneer is through faith. So the Israelites' journey, if you look at that, their journey, it took them 40 years to get into the what kind of land? The promised land. land. Interesting. So God gave them, he spoke to them, gave them the word of what it would be. God's promise for the promised land was that I would be your God. You would be my people. My hand would be on you. My favor would be with you. You would grow, multiply. You're my people. You're my chosen people. And so God is trying to get them into the land of promise, the land of what he's told them, the land of what he's shown them. But the reason that it takes them 40 years is their lack of trust, their lack of belief that God would do it the way that he said that he would. Without being able to trust in the Egyptians any longer, when only having the Lord to rely on, whether they were in Egypt or in the desert, the Israelites had to bring themselves to trust God more than man. And it was this process that took them 40 years. I'm here tonight to accelerate this process in your life, to remember the promise that God gave you. But instead of walking around the wilderness, get determined in your heart, get determined in your mind, get determined in your soul that if God said it, I'm going to remember that thing and hold on for dear life until I see it come to pass. I can imagine the the frustration that Abraham felt. God, you said it, but where is it? And if you're like me, I want to be honest with you, tonight you begin to question, did you really say? Is that what you really meant? Are you the God who's still? And we go around this this merry-go-round in our mind of trying to convince ourselves that God is who he says that he is. But I'm telling you tonight, the moment that you switch into and jump into the fact that God is who he says he is and he does what he says that he does, this is when your life begins to change. You find yourself pioneering in business like never before. You find yourself pioneering a family legacy like never before. You find yourself pioneering in seeing, you know the greatest thing about God's promises coming true are that you get to tell other people There's a testimony attached to it. I don't know about you. Who's seen a a promise of God in their life come to pass? Let me just hear, yeah, good, good, good. The great thing is, is when you see it once, guess what, you're like, yo, that actually happened. God said it, it happened. Didn't really happen when I thought that it would or how that it would, but because I've seen it do it once, I believe him to do it again. And here's the amazing thing, is that because the, the Hebrew language doesn't have a word for promise, remember it's say, said, or word, whenever you pick up your Bible and you're reading, guess what you're reading? Promises to you, promises to your children, promises for your life, promises for who you are. I want you, as you're beginning to read the Bible, which we encourage, I love that Pastor Ergen says that, Start reading that as what is God promising me in this scripture? What is he showing me in this text? And my encouragement to you is that when you read your Bible, involve the Holy Spirit. If you're reading your Bible and it's boring because you're not involving the Holy Spirit, there's no fresh revelation, there's no brand new. Whenever you read your Bible and the Holy Spirit is with you, pointing things out, highlighting. Have you ever heard, and this is funny because teenagers in the room, I love when teenagers are like, Pastor Sterling, you told me to read my Bible and that God would speak to me, and I did, and he spoke to me. I'm like, yeah, buddy good job. But there's something powerful when the Holy Spirit when you are reading that word together you're meditating on that word and you begin to absorb, to absorb and you begin to, you begin to wonder how much more is there for me? And then you read the next chapter and you find more and then the next day and you find more. And it just starts filling your life to where you begin to become so hopeful, so optimistic. So everything that you hear and that you see becomes an opportunity for God to do something big in your life. And then guess what? The moment that you begin to believe Him for the little things, the things that you think are just tiny little promises, guess what? He plants a seed so that it grows. So that He plants a seed and then it grows. He plants a seed. And then it grows. I believe that our church, I believe that Christians all around the world, I love that there's a song, Promise Keeper. He's the God of the promise. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? I feel like God's like getting people moving again. I gotta find where I was. Oi. So who are these promises for? I got really good news for you. Want to hear what the Bible says about it? It says for the promises to you. And your children, and all to all who are, are far off, as many as the Lord God may call. If you're here tonight and wondering if the promises of God for you, for sure. Check the box, be certain, the promises of God are for your life. But in order to know the promises of God, guess what? You've got to you've got to read them. You gotta you gotta investigate for yourself. There's a great quote by Friedrich Wilhelm Krumacher that said, God's promises are virtually obligations that he imposes upon himself. It is impossible for God to say something and it not come to pass. It is impossible. There is nothing that comes from his mouth. There's nothing you'll find in this word. There's nothing that he drops in your spirit that is genuinely from him that will not come to pass. I need you to catch this realization, to implement this into your life, to begin believing and pioneering to different levels of faith, different levels of belief, different levels of seeing these things come to pass in your life and in front of your eyes. All of what the Bible teaches us and shows us is God's promises, Amen. And what I love is that Jesus is the solidification of the process. What does the book of John say? That in the beginning, he was the word. The word was with him, and he was the word. Jesus came to earth as the physical representation of God's word, the physical stamp of God's promise to you and to me. Well, Pastor Sterling, does God keep all of his promises? And Joshua, a great leader, led, led the Israelites after uh, Moses. He said, behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth and you know in all of your hearts, I believe a day will come where we know in all of our hearts and in all of your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. Listen to me, all have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. At the end of tonight, I'm gonna you know spoil it for you now. At the end of tonight, we're gonna pray because one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to remind you of the things that God has taught you, remind you of the promises that God has made, remind you of the things that Jesus teaches because every single thing that he said, every single word that this says is a promise to you, but some of you have forgotten because you're in the roller coaster of emotion. You're trying to make it happen yourself. Time has gone by. The situation and circumstances change and you're wondering, will I ever see it come to pass in my life? I'm here tonight to pray prophesy and to declare in the name of Jesus promises fulfilled, promises fulfilled, promises fulfilled in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's a few things, and these are, I tried to find like the most ungeneric promises because I really wanted to like show you guys something new and cool tonight. The Bible says this, In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Boom. Promise. If you acknowledge God in all of your ways, he will make your path straight. Let me explain this to you. This is destination. Okay? Make this whatever you want. X, Y, Z. Creating wealth, healthy family, beautiful bride, all of the things that God has promised. Do you guys understand? Okay. And as you're over here, what's the fastest way to that podium? A straight line. You're saying this isn't faster? When you acknowledge God in all of your ways, he accelerates the time that it takes to get you to the promise. If you acknowledge him, he makes the path straight. And many of you are feeling like, "Well, wow, I'm on this path. I don't really know where it goes. It's kind of just taking me all over. Is it in the drum cage? It's not in the drum cage. And then you walk right past the podium and you go over to where the guitars are and like, maybe it's here. No, listen, when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, and you get to go straight to the thing that he's promised you. In my business, in my business, my wife will attest to this. Actually, I don't know if she knows this. In my business, when I'm through, because I travel, I'm I'm in sales, I work with people, with homeowners, I will literally, literally get in my car after every single time that this happens. I will grab the steering wheel of my car and I will say these words. God, I acknowledge you in my business. I acknowledge you in this transaction. I acknowledge you in this relationship because guess what? The path that I want God to lead me to is to creating wealth, to giving a life to my family, to being able to give more than I get. If you can learn to acknowledge God in all of your ways, he will make your path straight. Amen? Anyone want their path straight? Come on, we got to get off that candy cane, you know, shoots and ladders scenario. One at the very bottom and you go right up to the top. You know what I'm talking about? What we're about here. The Bible pro- promises you supernatural strength. In Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31, it says this He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. In every single scenario, if you are a Christian with the Holy Spirit inside of you who believes the promises of God, you should have a supernatural strength that sets you above, sets you beyond, sets you in a pace that the world cannot keep up with because of the secret weapon that you and I have. Supernatural strength. Come on, mom, Supernatural strength in the middle of the night. Supernatural endurance, supernatural stamina. Listen, there are advantages to being a Christian, y'all? There are advantages to having God on your side. There are advantages to knowing him. Supernatural strength will come and find your life. Guess what also will find your life? Supernatural strategy. Pastor Gladys, great, great Tithe message. Good job. Talking about supernatural strategy for her husband. Supernatural ways to do business, supernatural moves to make, supernatural navigation, supernatural conversations. I don't know about you, but if the Bible says and promises me that I can have that, I'm gonna claim it. I'm gonna claim it. I'm gonna believe it. I'm gonna see it in my life. Amen? Another promise that God gives is that he hears you. This is huge for your prayer life. A prayer life without believing that God hears you is lame. Because you're constantly wondering, are my prayers falling on deaf ears? Is his line too busy? Has he not checked his inbox? I have like 586 missed text messages right now. Someone, please help me. (laughs) But the fact that the God of heaven and earth hears you, listen to me, not 50%, not 75% not 90%, 100% of the time that you pray, that you reach out to him, that you bear your heart open to him, 100% of the time that you pray, God promises that he hears you. Here's what the Bible says about it. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, which we do, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked Of Him, Come on, this should change the way that you pray. This should change the way you approach God. This should change the way that you look at your prayer life knowing that the God of heaven and earth hears the words that I'm praying and that they matter deeply to him. Imagine getting on a phone call. I mean, like, bad service is, like, my least favorite thing. Like, absolute nightmare. Because I don't know if they're saying something important or if I'm saying something important. They've missed it. You guys know where I'm at? Like, 30 seconds goes by. Like, hey, I missed the last 30 seconds. Like... There's never a disruption in communication with your father. There is never a phone call that he won't answer. There's never a response that you won't get. Every single time that you bend your knee, you bend your heart, you put yourself in a posture of prayer, be certain, be secure that he is listening and that he hears your prayer. That's a promise from God. It's in the Bible. Find it for yourself in 1 John five fourteen to 15. The Bible also says that the righteous will never be forsaken. Here's where it says that. This is King David talking. What a stud. My favorite Bible character for sure. Do you know what's crazy about King David? The Bible says that King Saul killed his thousands and King David kills his tens of thousands. Imagine this for a second. If you had to fight 10 dudes in a row in UFC fighting, could you beat all 10? Pastor Ito probably could. Pastor Anthony, I don't know. Maybe like six, six out of 10. There'd be a lot of scratching going on. Pinching. But what I love about King David is that he was a man who understood the battle of life. He understood what it meant to take territory. He understood what it meant to go into battles us, and that he had no business being in unless he was going with God. King David lived a life and the Bible says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. Listen to me, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging for bread. That's a promise right there the righteous will never be forsaken and their lineage their children the family that they have will never beg for bread so do you know what that makes me want to do be righteous do what pleases God honor God with my life because I do not want God to forsake me nor my family amen the Bible promises us that your legacy will last parents pay attention Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. I'm here, I'm here tonight, I'm almost a parent, I'm like, it's in queue, you know, he doesn't arrive till May. But I'm already beginning to shift and to change the way I see our church. I'm beginning to, to shift and to change the way I see the friends that we have around us. I'm beginning to shift and to change how Marissa and I lead our life because very, very soon a very, very important and very, very dear person to my heart is about to enter the world and their life, their legacy, the world that they live in matters to me more than ever before. And I'm here tonight to tell you, I love this. We're having a conversation on Sunday talking about all these different people groups around the world, how they're so intentional and so focused on every single night when they put their children to bed, that they pray the prayers and they talk about what they're grateful for. They have these like little bedtime routines. Any bedtime routines? You're just like, here, go to bed. (laughs) But what I love about what this promises is is if you do your part as a parent, If you do what you can do, if you can bring them to the house of God, teach them to love God, teach them to love his word, show them that church is fun. The Bible promises that they will never depart from it. That they will never leave what God has put inside of their heart. That the effort that you give, the investment. Can I tell you that your child is a seed that you sow? It is a seed that you sow, and I promise you, if you sow it into the house of God, if you sow it into a place like this, if you sow it where signs, wonders, and miracles happen, your child will grow up with a perspective that the rest of the world doesn't have, and it will never leave them. I got a confession to make. I'm a church kid. I was born on a Thursday. It was like in church on a Sunday. And this is true for me because of what my parents did. They trained me up in the way that I should go to have some rebellious years for sure, but guess what? I came back. I may have gone from it for a little bit and wanted to be away from it, but you know what? That fire, I just couldn't, I just couldn't keep away from it. I'm curious. I'm curious. Are we building a fire in this city and in this church that your kids will never want to wander away from? That they'll always want to be near? That they'll be like... I get emotional thinking about who my, like he's not even born yet. And I'm already like picking his friends for him and like my Venmo account has been blowing up with like future dowries and like applications and all this stuff. But I'm already thinking about like, who, who are the people that he's gonna grow up around? He's gonna grow up with the Jaeger's kids and little Luke and Emily and Ocean. They're probably gonna bully Ocean, but. <laughs> I love you guys. Anthony's mad at me because one time we went to Arizona, we went to America Fest, and I fun-checked him in the airport. It was like our first time hanging out. We were were going out of state. We're going to Pastor Juergenson, us and our young adults team, and I literally walk right up to him. This is a true story. I walk right up to him. was like, hey, bro, are you even any fun? (laughs) We call it the fun check. So just know I love them. I'm razzing them extra because of that. But the Bible shows us, and parents, this is a promise to you. If you raise them up that the way that they should go, the Bible says they'll never depart from it. Come on, that's something that I want to put my hand to. That's something I want to give effort to. And that's what I love about our church is, listen, the people who are who are with your kids right now, listen to me, they're not just kids' workers. Please do not call them kids' workers. They are equipping, training, and doing your job right now while you're in here getting fed. I love that the church, and especially our church, focuses and gives attention to every generation. Every generation matters. Every age matters. Our youth team, our high school team, we don't say, oh, I help out in youth. What? You don't help in youth. You're raising the next generation. You're raising the future. You're securing the future of our faith. You're securing the future of our church. Is this good? Okay. The Bible promises you authority because you need it. In order to pioneer into new realms, in order to pioneer, to see the promises of God come, in order to win battles that he's put in front of you, in order to take territory that he's put in front of you, you must enter the land with an authority, a confidence, and a knowing that the God of heaven and earth is with you and for you. The Bible says this in Luke 10, 19. It says, look. Pay attention, I have given you authority over all of the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you. What's up? When Jesus promises you this authority, it's because he's meant it for a mandate and for a mission. He doesn't give you authority just to play around with and like maybe use on the weekend and maybe remember once in a while at a merge conference. You're meant to have authority in every domain of your life your family, your business, your spiritual life, your marriage, your friendships, every single area of your life, you're meant to bring the power and the authority of God because guess what? We are in a war. Maybe this is a surprise to you. We are in a war. We're having the authority of God, having the power of God, knowing his word, believing what it says, is going to give you the advantage to win the battle that God is calling you to win. Nothing will injure you. No weapon formed against you, that's another prospect. They may, they may form them, but they won't prosper against you. Come on, I wonder as Christians, how many times are we reading the word of God and saying, God, that's a promise for me. That's something that you're speaking to me. What I love about the Holy Spirit, his job is to remember and to remind you and to reveal to you what God is saying, amen? This is some good news right here. The Bible promises that when you put your faith and your hope in the son of of God, Jesus Christ, when you believe that he says, well, he said that he is and who he is, when you believe in your heart, the Bible says this, that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I don't know if there's anybody else like this in, in this room, but I am my own worst critic. I'm the hardest on myself. No one's harder on me than me. And so looking at this, reading this, to remember and to know that there's a God who knows every single thought, every single action, every single deed, every single good and bad thing I've ever done in my life. And he chooses to remove the things that are displeasing to him, to remove the things that would separate me from him, to remove, and the Bible says, as far as the East is from the West. And so in those moments, as I remember the promises of God and remember what his word says, instead of being in the cave of self-doubt, instead of being in the cave of of making myself just this like terrible person, does anybody else do that? You sin, you're like, bro, I'm the worst. I just remember that God throws them as far as the east is from the west, there are not even a blip on his radar, that the blood of Jesus covers, that my eternity is secure, that heaven is my home, that God is my father, that because of Jesus, my eternity is secured. Tonight, I want everyone to stand to their feet. I wanna get to praying for people. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something powerful tonight. As we're talking about promises, we're talking about the God of the promises. we're talking about the new realms that we are called to pioneer. Promise after promise being fulfilled. Tonight, with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Tonight, maybe you're here and you're hearing these promises. You're hearing about this God of promise. You're hearing about how epic and awesome your life could be if you would just believe. Tonight, I wanna ask you very, very simply, are you ready to believe? Are you ready to believe that every word that this book says is true, it's infallible, it's correct, it's from God, it's from heaven? One of the most amazing things about the Bible is it gives us the blueprint of how to live our lives, but it shows us how to get it in the first place. The Bible says, if we'll put our hope in Jesus and we'll call him who he is, the savior of the world, the king of kings, to honor him by putting him in his rightful place, that in that moment, the access of these promises become a reality in your life. And so tonight, if you're here and you're like, hey, that whole sins forgiven, the whole sins as far as the east and west, that sounds real good a relationship with your father, the one who knows you. Listen, in order for him to forgive it all, he's gotta know it all. If tonight's the night, and maybe you've been on the verge, maybe you've been on the edge of saying yes to this question. Tonight, I want you to boldly step across the line. Your your eternity is gonna be secure. Your forever is gonna change. You're gonna start learning about the promises of God. And guess what? You're gonna start seeing them come to pass in your life. Tonight, if you're in this room, and you want to say yes to becoming a Christian. Say yes to becoming a believer. Say yes to putting Jesus in his rightful place. Listen, he earned the opportunity, but you've got to say yes to it. The Bible's very clear. It says this, that if you believe in your heart that he is the Savior and you confess it with your mouth, then you will be saved. And so right now in this moment, there, there are people here for the first time They're believing it in their heart. They're letting that faith be absorbed into them. They're saying yes in their heart. They're believing. There's no way for me to know that or how to gauge that or to know for sure, but you know for sure. You sense it, you feel it. If you're one of those people and you wanna do the second half, which is to confess it with your mouth, I'm gonna count to three. And what I ask you to do is just raise your hand. You raising your hand signifies, yep, that's me. I'm ready. I'm ready for the promises of God to be a reality in my life. I'm ready for the Holy Spirit to infiltrate my world. I'm ready for my whole world to be flipped upside down and changed. I want you to raise your hand on three. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord promises of God to your life, salvation secured, eternity secured, a place in heaven. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for these people. With every head bowed, and everyone's going to pray with me because this is East Lake. Let's go. Everyone's going to pray with me, but especially those who raise their hands. Come on, it's time for the God of the promise to become a reality in your life. Repeat these words after me. Say, God, I believe tonight that you are who you say you are and that you do what you say that you do. God, I pray that in this moment, a brand new reality is coming to me. One where you love me, one where you're with me, one where the promises that you have for me are good. God, I thank you tonight that I'm stepping across the line, saying yes to your son, saying yes to the forever you have for me saying yes to your Holy Spirit. Come on, I believe it in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, yeah, a round of applause for these people. Come on, brand new world for you, brand new, brand new, brand new. Okay, that was great, but the real reason I'm here tonight, the real reason I'm here. It's because tonight the Holy Spirit is going to remind you, He is going to reveal you to you, and He is going to refresh the promises that God has made to you. This area is open, I wanna pray for you. And if you're one of these people, I want you to come down because I believe this with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is poised and ready to do something new in your life. He's poised and ready to open the wells again. He's poised and ready to remind you again. If you're ready for a promise of God to be fulfilled in your life, for refreshing to come, for revelation to come, for the God of heaven and earth to meet you here tonight, I want you to come to the front. Promises fulfilled, promises fulfilled. Promises is fulfilled thank you lord i'm going to give you some time to come down thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord one of the great strategies or tools that the enemy of your soul there's an enemy of your soul and one of the great ploys and tactics that he has that he wins most christians over but not here at eastlake not an awakened church is that he gets you to forget what he has said. With enough time that passes by, with enough disappointment, with enough frustration, with enough hurt, with enough pain, maybe I can just get them to forget what God has said. Listen, we're down here tonight because we are about to remember a supernatural Holy Spirit wave is about to come through this place tonight. His job, listen, his job is to remind you what the Lord has said the promises that he had made you, that it will go well with your family, that your children will go in the house of God, that the spouse that you believe for is coming, that the business that you've always wanted, God's gonna open doors. Anything is possible. Hands lifted all across the room. God, I thank you tonight, Holy Spirit, that you do what only you can do. We acknowledge you here tonight. Holy Spirit, would you remind us of the promises that God has made? Maybe you are a young person, a teenager when God made you that promise. Listen, it's not too late. You're not too far gone. He hasn't forgotten. He hasn't lied to you. Come on, the God of heaven and earth is gonna fulfill promises. I pray right now, God of heaven and earth, God, would you supernaturally, supernaturally, because listen, for some of you, it may have been so long ago and buried so deep and so forgotten that even right now, it's painful to bring it back up, but guess what? The Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's gentle. He's kind. He's nice. God, I thank you right now that you're revealing brand new promises. Come on, in your heart of hearts, the desire of your heart right now would be, God, speak to me. God, show me what your promise is for my life. God, show me what the plan is for my life. God, make the things that are confusing crystal clear. God, I thank you tonight that you are bringing a clarity to their eyes like never before, a clarity to their eyes like never before. God, a brand new hope that when they read your word, when they sing your praise, when they're in your house, God, that a promise would be deposited. And God, when that promise is deposited, it is planted as a seed, God, I prophesy and I declare that that seed will take root, that seed will be in fertile soil, that seed will be watered by the heavens. God, I thank you that these promises will come to pass and come to fruition. And God, we promise, we say together as a church, as a family, as these promises come true, as we see them time and time again, thing after thing, story after story, family after family, business after business, that God, you will get the credit, you will get the honor, you will get the praise. You will get it. God, we thank you for planting brand new promises. Brand new, brand new, brand new dreams, brand new dreams. One of the wells of our church is for people who want to have children. They want a family. One of the wells of our church is that you would go from barrenness into fruitfulness. I want to pray specifically. I'm feeling led by the Holy Spirit to pray specifically for people, families So, like, yep, that's me. I've been wanting a child. I've been wanting God to, to fulfill this promise and to fulfill this prayer. God, I pray right now for the supernatural floodgates of heaven to come in the name of Jesus. Promises fulfilled. Children fulfilled in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, the wells have been dug. The living water is flowing. We simply call on the power of the Holy Spirit. We simply believe tonight that you are who you say you are and that you do what you say that you do. We thank you, Lord. So maybe tonight you're remembering some things. Come on, is anybody remembering some things, some promises from the Holy Spirit? Come on, maybe tonight some new things are being revealed to you. Come on, a brand new hope, a brand new future, something to look forward to, dang it. But maybe tonight you're here and you just need to be refreshed. Maybe you're like, Abraham, yeah, I haven't lost sight of the promise, I haven't given up on God. I know he hasn't given up on me, but man, I just need a little boost. I need a a little Holy Spirit mama juice. that's you tonight, you just need the refreshing of God, the refreshing of God, the refreshing of God. I want you to lift your hand all over this room. God, we thank you in a moment. The refreshing of God can hit our soul, can hit our life. God can make us feel vibrant and new again. God, through the disappointment, through the frustration, through the delay, through the, oh, it's not shaping up how I thought that it would, or I thought that you said, God, refreshing. God, I thank you for new seasons of fun like never before. That's what Eastlake is known for anyways. God, I thank you in their soul, a new knowing, a new desire to pioneer. And here's what I feel the Lord's saying. Here's what I believe he's saying to you tonight. The promises that you see fulfilled are literally paving the path for the next generation. They're literally paving the path for your children. They're literally paving paving the path for what God wants to do in his church. God, we thank you that your word says that we would soar on the wings like eagles, that we would run and not grow weary, that we would walk and not grow faint. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. Where's Axel? Pastor, am I good? Can I prophesy a little bit? Where's Axel? Yeah, get Axel up here. Do you guys know Axel? Axel is super cool. <laughs> Here's my guy right here. I wanna pray for you. Thank you, Lord. This is very simple, but God is really proud of you. To have a full understanding and scope of the life that you've lived, the relationship that you've always sought with him, the closeness that you've always desired. What the Lord is telling you tonight is that your relationship, your closeness, your proximity, and here's the word, the potency of your time with God is about to go to another level. God, I thank you for a brand new, fresh revelation from your word. God, genius, genius inside of his mind, genius in his hands. God, I thank you there's a beautiful woman, maybe somewhere in this room. God, to fulfill, to partner with. God, I thank you that you are well-pleased with your son, well-pleased with your son. From his youth, from your youth, God has had his hand on you. God, I thank you that the story is being written. God, I thank you that you're, I keep hearing the word pillar for you, like pillar. God, I thank you that he's a pillar in this house. God, he's a pillar in your army. God, he's a pillar in your kingdom. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would do and just minister to him. Just do what you do. Just minister to his soul. Minister to his heart. No fear, no confusion, no worry. Just peace. Just peace, happiness, happiness, happiness. Love for his house. Love for his house. God's got big plans for you, young man. God's got big plans for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit's here. This is cool. We can just hang out until he's ready. Thank you, Lord. Cam. I'm kind of biased. I like to pray for teenagers. Is that cool? Stretch your hands out towards Cam. You know, at rally night, Pastor Urian prophesied that you would be a speaker. And so in the same way in the Old Testament, that the lips were anointed. Tonight I anoint your lips, to preach the word of God, to preach the gospel, to be effective communicator of the word of God. And it may not just be preaching, it may not just be teaching, but God's going to put something on your lips, something on your mouth, something on your the audio that comes from you that is going to be potent, that is going to be powerful, that is going to be generation changing. God, we thank you for your son. It's, it's, it's a special thing to fall in love with God when you're young. It's a special thing to know him when you're a young person because the way that you see becoming an adult, the way you see your life going, the way you believe, it's just different. And so God, we thank you that at a young age, you've found him, he has found you. What I hear the Lord telling you is that you're never gonna have to come back because you're never leaving. You're never gonna have to come back to the house of God because you're never leaving cemented and planted in this house, cemented and planted where you can prosper, where you can grow, where you become the man that God has called you to be. God, we thank you for young warriors being raised up. God, we thank you that in your word, time and time again, you use a young person on purpose. You know that God could have used anybody, but you chose a young person. There's something special. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for your son. Thank you, Lord. I pray for Anthony and Monique. Is that the real time? Oh, one more person then I gotta go. (laughs) Sorry guys. Do you guys feel the presence of God in here? Come on, listen, when you go home this week, this month and you start seeing and feeling and witnessing the God of heaven reigniting things in your life, I believe this, I believe that things are gonna be supernaturally accelerated. You've been waiting for years and it's gonna to come to pass. When that happens, what you need to do is you need to let your connect leader know, you need to let your ministry lead know, you need to text it in, however, however that works here. You need to give God credit and honor and glory for what he's doing in your life. I can feel it, I know it's coming. God, we thank you for the Gonzalez's, God, for Monique and Anthony. God, we thank you that the mantle of leadership that you have given them, God, is potent, it's broad, it's broad. God, we thank you that although you have geared their minds to do well in business and geared their minds to do well in parenting and geared their minds, God, to to produce and geared their minds to multiply, God, I thank you that in this next season, what you're unlocking, what you are unlocking in their life, God, is a way to take the same skills, the same niche, the same way that you function and that you operate. Here's what the Lord's saying to you is that a flow is coming. And I know this to be true where you felt a force in the past, brand new flow is coming, living waters, living waters, living waters. God, I thank you for an uncanny influence. God, an influence that is marked, an influence that is noticeable. God, I thank you as they're leading young adults at this campus. God, I thank you, listen, that they're bringing the right leaders. to to these leaders God the right people to lead connects the right people to step up and to say yes I cannot let my age group I cannot let my peers I cannot let my co-workers live the life that I used to live but instead to follow the way of Jesus to be in his house to love his word because your life is different God we thank you for the favor and the blessing of God like never before your business is going to blow up your kids are going to love God God, we thank you for brand new intimacy in their marriage. God, brand new closeness. God, brand new levels of wisdom. God, we thank you for these people. I wanna pray for everybody just really quickly. I know I'm meant to be done, I apologize. But I'm here tonight to tell you that expansion is coming. Multiplication is coming. Come on, you all about to be a region down here. And here's what I know, here's what I know about God, is that whenever he asks, whenever he asks for what's next, Whatever he asks for, the next demand, the next thing, the next level of growth, the next, the next thing to take, yeah, it's gonna take more from you than ever before, but guess what? You're gonna see more than ever before. God, I thank you right now for these people, for East Lake Campus, for the South Region. God, I thank you. God, as you expand, as they multiply, as they reach different cities, and as they reach a region, God, I thank you in the heart of every single person in this room. God, would you remind us again what a privilege it is to serve the King of Kings. What a privilege it is to be on your side. What a privilege it is to see your will be done in the earth. God, we thank You. We pray for our pastors. God, we pray for our leadership. God, we thank You for the vision and the mission that You have given us. And Holy Spirit, we confess that we can't do it without You. God, would You make us desperate for You to reveal, desperate for You to move, desperate for You to show us what's next. Come on, if you're ready and excited, can we say all together in Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen, Amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing Word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did.